listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? It follows. What follows? It, man. It? It <laughs> follows you. It follows me. It follows, it follows everybody. Everyone, all the time. <laughs> Whoa, it follows. It follows. Kyle, we're doing this movie, It Follows, even though it's it's not a retro review. No. No, this is it's a, about a year old. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, was it? I think it was the beginning of this year. So Something like that. Either way, it's not retro, yeah. but it's not exactly brand new. We're doing this movie based on a recommendation from Kyle to yes. James. I watched it recently. I took notes. Thank you. Year two, I give recommendations, and and you watch them. (laughs) That's what it's going to be. That's what it's all about. All right. Well, uh, this movie was very good, I thought. Are we doing opening thoughts? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Give your opening (laughs) thoughts, then I'll give it. Yeah. I guess non-spoiler plot summary for everybody, right up top, It Follows is a horror film. Yeah, it's a horror film. Yeah, it's, it runs the tropes. Mm-hmm. It's got some some genre breaking in it, but it's a horror film uh, about a boy and a girl who are running away from it. It. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, without the spoilers. That yeah. that is it. It's a it's a very this is a great example of a very clear plot, very basic film that milks all it can out of Absolutely. out of the subject matter. So that's your spoiler warning. Uh, going forward, we'll dive a little bit more into it. But my opening thoughts, I really enjoyed this movie. It was very creative. It's been a long time since I've seen a horror film that kind of broke the mold a little bit and that yes. and that really shocked me at times. There was and and shocked me in different ways, not like blah, startling stuff, but it it was very disconcerting to watch it at different points and some extreme tension was building. Um, so all, all in all, uh, I, I watched this movie based on a Rotten Tomatoes recommendation of good horror films that were getting high ratings. And nice. sometimes they can be pretty skewed, you know, not a lot of people review them. This one was hitting the marks for everybody, for the audience and the critics alike. And I was curious. So I get it. I did it. And uh, it wasn't for rental when I was looking it up, which is interesting. I could only purchase it. Oh. It was like 12 bucks or something, and I I gambled, and I bought it. And uh, that was good because then you watched it. Kyle wins. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I watched it on your <laughs> you account. You watched it on my account. Uh, I owe you a couple bucks. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm just happy you watched it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I gambled, and I was really happy with what happened. And what I, do you think? I didn't have to gamble, but uh, <laughs> I agree with everything you just said, especially about the building of tension the suspense, the excellent cinematography. Yes. We'll get into that, right? Yeah. We will get into that. We I have will. a lot to say about that. Yes. And one of your favorite words to say to talk about movies, the care. The care. Or as you say, the care. There was care no, there, were, there really was a lot of care. A ton the of script, care. The script, the framing of shots and everything. But, Kyle, and this is where we diverge a little bit, much like Gone Girl, and depending on the <laughs> time machine that is podcasting, I don't know if that's going to fuck us up, the time machine that is podcasting, Oh, the poor Ravel. 
Yeah. This movie comes it becomes a little unraveled. There's unraveling at the if, end. If there there yeah. there are faults with it, yeah. of course. Um it's it's not the perfection, the A plus we've been looking for, you know. Not yet. Um and if there is one major fault, it's the ending. Um later. But uh but yeah, uh, I think overall, um definitely worth a a, a check out um, oh, yourselves. Yeah. And if you don't want it spoiled, watch it before this. Pause it right here and then come on back and listen to us. Ready? And we're back. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how should we go through this? Did you have any anything that stood out that you were just like, whoa? Well, it really just, blew I'll go you through away? my notes. How about sure, that? I'll, I'll do it. Right away, Kyle, the opening scene. Mm-hmm. If you remember, the scene opens with a still shot of a what looks like a suburban street, yep. tree-lined, wide angle. Mm-hmm. And I thought, all right, I'm already interested because I see the care already put into it. It's yeah. quiet. And it just stays on that. Sets and the mood right out the gate. Right out the bat. Right, right off the bat. But then it gets clever. And this, I hope you can appreciate this. The movie, after that still, opens with a girl mm-hmm. doing what everybody that's ever watched a horror movie in their lives begs and screams that the girl in the horror movie does. That anybody in the horror <laughs> movie should do. And that is she running. books it. <laughs> Running, she's getting the fuck out of there, she right? She is out. And I thought, what a clever way to open a horror movie mm-hmm. with what you almost never see in a horror movie. Right. What, what looks to be a successful escape. She runs out into the middle street. No one is, appears to be chasing her. Mm-hmm. There doesn't appear to be any risk, but she's out of there anyway. Yeah. And it's daylight. It's day. And so I thought, this is an excellent way to hook the viewer in. Mm-hmm. Boom. Begin with something that you almost never get to see. And it intrigues you because, like, well, what is she running from? Because I can't mm-hmm. see it. I don't know what the fuck. I she's agree not, with her. She's not fully dressed. She's not fully she's, dressed. She's in, like, disarray. She's running out of a house. They pan and follow her. Mm-hmm. She looks back. She's worried. She exits the house. She runs down the street. And that's all you get. You don't get what's there, what scared her. You get nothing. Immediately, they've set such a big hook. Oh, yeah. And they've got the fish on the reel, and they're pulling you in. You're oh, ready yeah. to go around long for the it was, ride. It was brilliant. It yeah. was. It was, it was an awesome opening. All right, so that 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 is intriguing. You don't know what's going on, and you're hooked, and you're wondering what, what could happen next. And then I fast-forward a little bit in my notes to uh, we've already met Jay, mm-hmm. the, the protagonist, right? Yes. Jay is a girl, and she's on a date with a guy that she's interested in. Hugh, Hugh, <laughs> and uh, you know she's excited about Hugh and ooey and all that stuff, um, and they're in the car. Mm-hmm. And what do teenagers do in cars, Kyle? Bow, chicka, wow, 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 Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, they 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 do what you'd expect, and but the suspense surrounding that scene. Do you remember it? Yeah. These still shots of the car. They're in some abandoned, what looks to be a factory mm-hmm. parking lot with. The weeds and the building itself is decaying and crumbling. Urban decay like crazy or suburban decay, right. decay whatever. Um, shot in Michigan, by the way. Yeah, you Detroit. Know about this. You should yeah. know like Midwest and stuff, uh-huh. right? Those sort of looks and feels. Yeah, it that, absolutely uh, rang true, yeah. It plays into the movie very well. Um, the tension, what's going to happen? Because in a typical horror movie, this is where they get offed because of their promiscuity, right? Uh-huh. And you're thinking, how's it going to happen? How's it going to go down? And it's not a murder scene. It's not. Uh, it's not meant to be that scene. It's more exposition. Yeah, delivered in quite an interesting way, Kyle. What do you think? Um, 
I yes, something a big thing happens right there. But I think it's important to note also before this scene, if I'm remembering the order correctly, uh-huh. they're at the movie theater, right? I did just skip that. You're yes, right. no, that's okay. Yeah. So they they they're at the movie theater and they're going to see a movie and they I mean there's no indication that they are not just really excited teenagers mm-hmm. that want to go and are interested in each other, and Hugh sees a girl walk in, and references her to jay and jay doesn't really understand what he's looking at it's dark in the movie theater and then they just book it they leave but then right afterwards what would seem like like that kind of opening shot where somebody just wanted to bail on something why who knows then they go to the the parking lot wherever and then they're gonna you know do the deed and hang out but seems like a strange mood now that he's set why would he want to why would they want to go through with this at this point Mm -hmm. and then it's all revealed because hugh pulls out his trusty chloroform rag <laughs> and takes jay out for the for the uh for the night well yeah he Nap has to time. yeah he has to subdue her uh tie her up to a, a rolling chair or whatever still totally confused at this yeah, point no so indication of what's going on and at so all we. right we're just as lost as jay and he he lays it all out you i just passed you something it's going to come for you. It's coming right now, and you see it coming in the form. He lays the whole thing out. We don't, we don't have to explain the whole thing here. But um, in other words, if, you've, if you're the carrier of this curse, and it's a sexually – it's an STC, a right. sexually transmitted <laughs> curse. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the world of STCs. And, but, but, but let's be honest here. Let's, 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 let's uh, go on a little bit of a tangent. Sure. The whole sexually transmitted curse for all the jokes that we're laying on it right now, that's the breaking of the mold. This right. is something that hasn't been done in a horror movie in – Forever, right? Well, yeah. it's never been done. And that I wrote in my notes here. Man, this movie is taking the scene t- – the, the scene? What? <laughs> this movie is taking the sex teen horror to a whole new level because it introduced the anxiety around sex itself. Um, it even played on the – you know, maybe this is why teenagers act so weird and, and anxious all the time mm-hmm. and why they want to sometimes be alone or mysteriously spring up from the chairs and run out of the classroom. Right. You know, like – Oh, I thought that was brilliant. And I in a totally brilliant. and in a totally metaphorical standpoint, mm-hmm. it it put the pressure of seeing people being nervous about sex as a youngster, not knowing if you can trust somebody, like with that experience, it's gonna be life altering for you after that point. Mm-hmm. And that was really clever. And when yeah, when she's when she's tied to the chair and he's he's laying this out for her, he's trying to talk to her about it. Um and referencing what it is, then you get what it is in her mind, which starts coming towards her, which she can see yep. in the parking garage that they're in. And it's a, a nude woman, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, walking towards her. Yep. And that, the the lighting and that's everything, the whole mystery up to that point is leading you to this first revelational or revelational is that a word no, this first big hey, revel- <laughs> this first big revelation where the this moment is terrifying but really shouldn't be that terrifying you should be more concerned about like what's this person doing here why are they naked why are they walking over here and that sets up again that metaphor of like the the whole business of sexuality and nudity and it being that life-altering, kind of nerve-wracking, scary thing out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Really interesting. It's incredibly interesting. I'm glad you mentioned the lighting, and you said the lighting, the everything about that scene, because <clears throat> I want to put a general comment in here yes. about the care 
And I said, yeah, lots of care in the cinematography. The still shots are excellent. Um, this slow panning. This this director, do you know uh-huh. the director's name? Uh, we, no, but I'll look it up as you're talking. All right, we're not well-researched. <laughs> anyway. Um, he's a fan of the slow panning shot. You notice that throughout the movie? Yes. The slow pan, uh, the careful, minimalist dialogue. A lot of times... You know, teen sex horror movies, these slasher films, the dialogue is really bad, you know, almost <laughs> intentionally so, right? But yes. here, like, there was care taken to make sure that there was that almost every line counted. David Robert Mitchell. Well done, friend. See, that's the uh, the director there. He's not my friend. Why did I say <laughs> no, well done, guy. Um, well done, man. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, and the, the shots as well, all, like you said, almost everything was wide angle. And it was yes. beautiful expositions of mostly suburbia. And it made it this really mysterious thing for these teens. What's around every corner in your neighborhood? What's lurking there? And I think it bears clarifying at this point that it, the sexually transmitted curse, takes the form of a person. And it is always, in a classic horror cliche trope, walking at a relative pace towards whomever has the curse. Um, And... Can you see the curse? No, not unless you have the curse. So it sets up this really mysterious atmosphere where paranoia is looking at all the people walking by, and if you're the one with the curse, wondering if other people can see them or if that's the person that's coming for you in that moment. It it, it really is such a a brilliant concept. It is. As you're watching this movie, for for those of you who haven't seen it, um, I hope you haven't made it this far and been subjected to spoiler. <laughs> but as you're watching, I it, gave a clear warning on you, this episode. You did, actually, you did. <laughs> but as you're watching it, you appreciate it for the originality, right? Mm-hmm. And the tension building and the suspense and the oh my god, what would I do? Like, yeah, you'd have to check every corner. And that's why the guy said, make sure there's always multiple exits when you're around in your right. open spaces and blah blah. It's like it, it really was everything so starts to make sense and yep. then the intro shot starts to make sense because oh, yeah. if something is coming out of that and i connected it probably later than i should have honestly <laughs> in the film because i just wasn't thinking about it anymore i was uh-huh. in the moment and i was like oh my god it was probably on the street following that girl oh, of course and we couldn't see it because we didn't have the curse at that moment i'm gonna tangent here okay go for it because Something amazing happened while I was watching this film. I was talking to my girlfriend who I was watching it with, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, this reminds me of when I was a kid, and I wrote all this down. I have a, a pseudo screenplay that I wrote or an idea about um, a person who every time they fell asleep, they were in somebody else's shoes living a life somewhere. And it, was, it starts out really mysterious, and then that person eventually hopped on a boat, was going to another land, And soon enough, as I, me, when I was falling asleep, I would start to recognize landmarks. And I'm like, wait a minute, that person's now in my town, is now in my neighborhood, and I realized that they were coming for me. And it was a reoccurring dream that I kept having where when I I would fall asleep, I'd be in that other person's shoes, and they were coming for me, and I had no idea why. And I think when I was a kid, it took the form of Frankenstein because I saw (laughs) Frankenstein on TV and was like slow lumbering. So I think in my dream, I was Frankenstein coming for me. But I looked up some trivia following watching this movie, Uh and the director had an almost identical reoccurring dream as an adolescent of this thing that was coming slowly following, and there was nothing they could do about it. Tripped me out. 
wow. Because there must be some psychology behind that. And it made watching this movie doubly scary for me because I was referencing that in my head. You know, you shouldn't have put that on the podcast because with all, with all my <laughs> listeners out there, someone's going someone's gonna to take that idea from you. Someone's going to lift it. More power to you. All right. Well, <laughs> um, here's something I wanted to mention, uh, getting sort of back on track. Yes, yeah, sorry. You, you mentioned the it manifesting itself in that explanation scene as a naked woman yes. that they saw from a couple stories up looking down at her. The initial one, yeah. yeah. It takes the form of multiple things to the movie, a, but that's the starting yeah, That's point. a slow, disturbing scare. Yeah. Right? That's great. Later on in the movie, though, it becomes jump scare central, baby. Mm-hmm. And there's some fucking good ones in there this movie. There are. <laughs> Let me run a couple of bites. Um, right away when Jay has to stay awake as long as she can at her friend's house. Oh, And yeah. her... You know, her secret admirer, or not so secret admirer, that nerdy guy, Paul, right, comes downstairs and, oh, okay, I'll, I'll stay up with you. Let's let's sit together on the Paul couch. Paul becomes and, the confidant, you know. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's going to hang out. He's going to whatever, right? He's going to get that curse. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He wants, he wants the curse. <laughs> but they're in the middle of a conversation. All of a sudden, a window in the house shatters, and that is a sound jump scare. Uh-huh. And it was awesome. What do you think, Kyle? It was awesome. And the first words out of her mouth were, you go check it out. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it wow. was so classic. And the other great thing about it is you're never sure of what you're seeing on the screen from that point on yep. when you learn about the woman. So you don't know if the window shattered and when they're standing in a room, if it's standing in the corner right over there. You don't know exactly. until the director uses some subtle references of like framing who's in the shot and who's being established and then setting up one of those landscapes or wide angles so you can be from their perspective, something like that. Oh, yeah. uh, but it made every scene so tense. Yep. And then after that, almost the, the same set piece anyway, when Jay is freaked out because she saw the naked, bloody uh, girl in, a, in the kitchen, the one that broke the window. Right. She runs upstairs and she's freaking out and her friends can't console her for nothing. They're banging on the door. Let us in, let us in. No, I can't because there, there could be somebody waiting right behind you that you, <laughs> right, that you don't see. Yeah. But ultimately she opens the door and her friends are talking to her and her nerdy girlfriend with the big glasses. I forget the names. Yeah. But she's standing there kind of like rubbing her eyes, you know, like what's going on here, guys? And the tall man with the gouged uh, out eyes just, just appears behind her. Zoom. And you're, like, and you're like, holy shit, I'm getting goosebumps describing the screen. Yeah. The scene. The nerdy girl doesn't know she's there. The only one that knows she's that the guy's there is Jay and she flips. I flipped out. Yeah. The fuck guy looked like a fucking, <laughs> that was crazy. It was crazy. That tall motherfucker makes a couple of appearances later <laughs> on and he's, he's, insane looking yeah it's really it is super creepy excellent jump scares and it is yeah and it's fun to note that throughout this movie it flirts with being a very classic like 80s teen horror film yeah like it uses a lot of the tropes but everything it does is in such a creative way and one of the ways that you can see that and see that they've already spun it in their own way is when you watch the movie try and figure out what time period it's set in Try and figure out what year it's set in. Because if you watch and you look at the details, it's ambiguous. It's out of time. It's There are elements taken all across the board in terms of what kind of cars they're driving, the yes, clothes that they're wearing, the technology good. that's there, the posters on the wall. Everything is out of time. They've set up this ethereal suburbia that is timeless. And it's fascinating. And I loved it. I tried to nail down the time period so many times. I was like, wait, because I was getting confused. And then I realized it wasn't about that. You know, it was about setting that scene that everyone could relate to. Made it extra scary. I loved it. Beautiful. It goes back to the word care. 
care. This movie had... Here's another... Here's a very small example of the care. Hit us with some care. But I have it in my notes, and I really want to say it. I really appreciated that there was no product placement in this movie. Yeah. I don't know if you paid attention, but there were a couple of scenes where it would have been very easy. There's a clearly a canned, a canned beverage on mm-hmm. someone's whatever couch or on top of a staircase. I don't know. There's a couple of moments, and I took note of that. I said... Look at that! It's it's a it's a generic can of fucking soda, uh-huh. you know? or as they might call it in Michigan, pop, pop, sodi pop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's just a quick comment. No product placement, and that goes care. right yeah. along with taking it out of the time period because once yes. you stick fucking M and M's in or, or something, a can of fucking Pringles or <laughs> yeah, then you've already Mountain it, Dew or yeah, some bullshit, you, right? You've typed it to whatever logo or style or whatever they're using. You know? By the way, loud on the set, still no product placement. Well, no, we had one product placement last year. Did you mentioned we? that you were eating Skittles. Oh, I was eating Skittles. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> we didn't get anything for that. Yeah, we started this episode by eating Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Now, this is where you and I might diverge a little bit. Okay. Because I'm going to get into the Ravel. Oh, the Ravel. Poor Ravel. Poor Ravel. Because things got a little unraveled <laughs> in this movie. About, well, let me, let me, I'll begin my Ravel, if you will, or the negative comments. About two-fifths of the way into the movie, I had my first negative comment, Kyle, and I wrote, the music sucks. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but it was like all this weird elect- electronica kind of, oh, I won't even try to yeah. imitate it. Uh, I just wrote that. Music sucks. Fine. I think that was another indication of them trying to make it completely like ethereal and yeah. not like typed. And yeah, I don't know if it, if it works nah. as well as something else would. Sorry, man. Your choice of music <laughs> was fucking garbage. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's some, here's some quick things. <clears throat> Even before the, the true unraveling happened, uh, Greg, the guy that, um, the across the street neighbor. Yes. The one that also wants to curse because mm-hmm. he doesn't believe in the curse. Right. Yep. Uh, when she, after her car accident, agreed to have sex with, Greg, the bad boy neighbor from across the street in the bad hospital, boy. I wrote down what? Like, who? I, I can't believe this is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very. It reminded me of our of our review of the visit. Yeah. Like, like no, no, no. If someone is this traumatized and they were just in a car accident and they're claiming to see people, zombies, essentially following them all over the place, there's no way that she gives it up, and there's no way the guy climbs in the bed and gets. I was like, wow, maybe they, maybe for all their minimalist kind of clean dialogue, they really are like just trashy motherfuckers at heart. And you're like, I chalked I it up to that. to clearly in that moment teen stupidity. I just okay, I just right. wrote it off as you know young people not knowing what the hell to do whenever and how they were feeling. But yes, it was a little bit out of place. Yeah, you know, like there's some something quite serious is happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they were at the lake and chairs flew around with mm-hmm. you know by themselves and. Doors blasted open and people claimed to be shooting at zombies yeah. and only one girl could see. And, the, and this guy is still thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, laying the pipe? Are and you it, fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? It's interesting to note as well that since sex and, um, and like, those first, like, virginal sex experiences are a very, uh, like – the, I mean, they're the main theme of the film, like what that yeah. means and what that what is that pushing. All those moments where it is brought up like that are are interesting because they're they relate to other scenarios in people's lives and in in kind of the the stereotype of the world where you know the best way to get over a guy is to get under another one. Duh, you know, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> 
all that kind of stuff where people are just like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go and, you know, have sex, have some fun or whatever. But it becomes like it flirts with that idea of like the the deep personal like intertwining of sex passing along like this curse to people. And the idea that it's just like this fun pastime that the kids might have just thought about ahead of time. So and she's got some experience, but it, it plays with those ideas a lot. So, so any of those scenes are, are interesting to kind of interpret in a oh, lot of yeah. different ways. Okay, so then I have a little problem with that. You know, my, my what? What are you kidding me in the hospital? And then, of course, Greg now has the curse, right? He has mm. the STC, as mm-hmm. we call it. Um, a couple of scenes later, we still we see that Greg gets killed by um, it in his own bedroom, and the it is now disguised as his own mother. Yep. And his own mother was humping him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is... Oedipus, man. This is, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I don't know. To me... Oedipal. To me, early in the movie, the first girl, if you remember the opening scene that ran away, we see her. She got killed by the id eventually. But you remember her body was a twisted up, mangled mess laying on the beach. Do you right. remember this? And her leg yeah, was oh, yeah. Like, broken the wrong way. Right. Okay, fine. The it, chose to cur- the it chose to kill her on the beach in a gruesome, torturous fashion. Mm-hmm. Now the it chooses to kill Greg by some sort of Oedipus complex bullshit, and to me it was like it was a weird wrinkle because oh is now is now sex part of the killing because the first girl on the beach didn't get killed via you know laying the pipe like uh-huh. having a pipe that that's not that joke's ain't gonna work that joke's not gonna hit anyway you get the idea I I thought like oh my god is this this I felt it starting to unravel because like this doesn't really make sense to have it be his own mother killing him through yeah. a sexual humping act. I noticed that as well. That was and really awkward, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. And the way the way I tried to justify it in my perception of the film was that each person ended up uh, taking their experience from, from their sexual relation that gave them the curse, and all of their subconscious immediately took over. So mm. I thought that the first girl was like mauled and kind of attacked in like a rough way that she wasn't prepared for psychologically. So that's kind of how that manifested. Okay. And for him, it was more of I just chalked it up to the, you know, the Oedipal complex, you know, <laughs> and I, it, his subconscious was kind of filling in that role at that point. But maybe it would have eventually mutilated him too. Who knows? But Well, here, he, I just had a thought. Based but on strange. I was definitely t- thrown by that. Yeah, as well. because it's it's kind of a sign of the unraveling happening in a movie when the audience has to do the po- what I call the post hoc rationalization of weird shit oh yeah we've talked about this a lot in reviews and in such the basic context you know you're gonna walk away from this with an interpretation of a lot of things that they don't just outright come out and say yeah but in the yeah exactly but in the moment you try to because your brain is working overtime throughout this whole movie trying to figure out what is happening there's a plot you know yeah what is happening (laughs) when you get thrown a curveball like that your brain kicks into gear trying to figure out why the mom like takes you out of the moment a little bit exactly why the mom and then here's something I just thought of. You ready for this one? <laughs> Based on what you just said, that maybe the maybe the victim's yeah, maybe, <laughs> I was getting ready to boom. <laughs> oh, maybe the victim's own psychology takes over, and the it manifests manifests itself around their thoughts. Right. Because Greg gets killed by his own mother, half naked, humping him, uh-huh. cowgirl style. <laughs> uh, you just had to throw that detail. Yeah, in, didn't I don't you? know why. <laughs> just just to form the image, right? And then later on, um, Jay, when they try to hatch that cockamamie plan at the pool mm-hmm. to electrocute the it, I don't know if you realize this when you were watching it, because I sure as hell did not. The it that arrives at the pool 
throwing shit into the pool at Jay to try to kill her is her dad. I, I had I because the movie was unraveling at this point and I was yeah. like, oh boy. I really thought to myself, they don't they don't know how to do this. They don't know how to end it. They had gold and then they like, fucking mm-hmm. it up. I went, wait, is that her dad? And then I had to read about it later. But yeah. See, then that, that means it didn't hit it didn't it land. It wasn't well, clear right? enough. There needed to be another scene that was close enough to connect. Thank that. you. I'm but, not crazy. Yeah, right. but it was a good idea. But it, it just that would have been an expert level uh film watcher to be able to analyze yeah. all of that on and, the fly and like early that. in the movie they didn't make it clear enough that there was a longing for the dad or some event in her past they show a couple of scenes of her uh, vanity mirror in her bedroom mm-hmm. with the dad's photograph right next to her swimming and shit and sure you get the vibe that it's a single mom because the mom is sort of mm-hmm. there but truly absent not paying attention to the kids not doing jack shit right mm-hmm. But was it strong enough? Was it made strong enough early in the movie? No, that it was, she's longing for well, her dad, yeah. or some injury happened there in the past, right? Right. No, it, it, was, it wasn't. But no. yeah, it's a good idea when we flesh it out right now. But it <laughs> needs to be in the film, right? Post hoc rationalization. Um, yeah, exactly. Not, not right. good. Not good. So some one of the things before we we go towards the ending anymore okay. because that is that is where a lot of of uh, kind the of cri- critique will come. Yeah. Um, some of the the most amazing things about this film were in the scenes where they're just chatting with each other and then you find yourself looking in the background at characters that are walking by and you start thinking about it. And there's that one scene in the field where she's like watching that person come over like the whole time and you're like, oh my God. And then they just walk right by. And you're like, oh man. Yep. Things like that were so, so awesome same thing happened powerful. At, same thing happened at the, at the lake house. They're mm-hmm. all hanging out on the beach. Except all, you've been primed to think a certain way at that point. Yeah, and they're all facing outward to the water, and somebody comes walking through the vegetation. You're like, mm-hmm. turn around! Dang Somebody's it. coming, but it could be their friend, because mm-hmm. I don't know. And you're like, holy and shit. And that was a great example of, in another movie, if you were like, turn around, you idiots, you know, it's because they could clearly see what was there. Yeah. But for these kids, you're yelling, turn around, because they can't see it. So you need that one person who's in that one specific spot to do something. And so much time passes that it's not just like random and stupid that she'd be facing the wrong way when this happened. Because (laughs) of all the other times where she's always looking around, she's cornering herself in rooms and everything. Um, And it was really, that that was really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, as the plot progresses, Jay and Paul become, you know, linked. And Paul's basically going to, you know go for this and (laughs) and is going to try and take the curse and move on because once you pass on the curse then it is going for the person with the curse and not you unless unless they die and then it comes back for you so that's what happened in the case of greg um but it sets it it sets itself up uh for a very interesting ending but let's talk about the ending for a minute because first of all i think that the Something about the pool scene was just out of place for me. Yeah. It just felt like it didn't fit organically with nope, the rest of the film. Kyle, um, they even cued like montage style music while they yeah. were setting up. Kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, it, you just nailed it right there. And they tried to they try to hit the cliche trope, you know, like set the big teens are setting the yeah, big trap. They're the empowered now. They've got something. a plan and they're setting it into action. But what a ridiculous plan. <laughs> Thinking, yeah, <laughs> it's and that's so a, that's a, you know I I hate to use this phrase from our lexicon on this uh-huh. movie because it's a pretty good movie, but maybe I won't shout it so loud. Huge fucking plot hole. What made them think that electricity would do the trick? Right. Where did they come up with this idea? I don't remember. There wasn't even like the classic horror trope. 
horror movie trope, whatever the fuck, right? Ah, yeah. I'm stumbling here. Where they, <laughs> where they, where they get in touch with some like spooky person who lets them in on the insider info. The only way to get rid of the curse is to yeah. do this, or, or in, some like, book, or some fucking book. Yeah, right? you know, been cool as if they were like hanging out near a power plant or something, and it like walked over, <laughs> and then just like stopped and just stared at them or something. <laughs> I know the electricity. Yeah. No, it was ridiculous. And then on top of that, they were shooting at it, so. They they went like they're like well you know in case the electricity doesn't work and this big plan we're setting up then we'll just shoot it a whole bunch <laughs> it's like why not just start oh, simple shit. and get it in a hallway and then just shoot it gun that fucking you know? thing down and what when is- that doesn't work then you reach out to your more creative plans like I know what we'll do is we'll go swim laps and we'll get it into the pool and then we'll throw the things in the pool and kill it um but yeah that that was definitely and what a what a hard film also to end as well because yes. the tension and the goodness is just in that build and that build and that build and honestly I don't know how I would have ended it uh to to have it come full circle but the the whole trap situation was was a part where I think that them playing off the clichés of these types of films fell a little bit short i think that they could have done something more original and and satisfied the ending better well kyle believe it or not i just had another thought oh yes right here on the fly here we go perhaps maybe viewers help us out maybe they got the idea that electricity would kill the it from the scene this is a stretch this is a fucking stretch. I'm sorry. <laughs> but from the scene where the mother is humping Greg, why do I keep coming back to that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you've got something oh, uh, God. edible going on here. Right. No, but this, this will make sense in a second. Sorry, James' mom. If you go back to that scene, the naked mother is humping on Greg. Greg is dead. And something with, like, electricity is happening in the room at the moment. I swear to God. Mm. We should go back and look at it. Like a, a bulb is flicking. Like, jam, 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 jam. I don't know if Jay saw something in that moment like maybe she saw the it suffering uh-huh. i don't remember the fucking scene we should just look it up but we we're sh- a well-researched podcast <laughs> it just just it just occurred to me now but then jay would have had to tell paul but then it seemed like it was paul's plan yeah without having consulted anybody right so fuck that thought <laughs> yeah. fuck me so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that happens anyway, it's yeah. not great but then what we find out at the end is um Paul takes the curse from Jay. Yep. They have their moment. And then you get this wonderfully weird scene of Paul uh, noticing some prostitutes. And then in the next scene, you have them comfortably walking hand in hand down the uh, the streets, looking over their shoulders a little bit. You know, you get that, that tension there still. Yep. But I think they're trying to pass along the idea that Paul went for the easy layup and, uh, and, pa- <laughs> and passed the curse along to somebody else. But just like with Hugh, and, and Hugh's plot was interesting because Hugh nailed it. Hugh did exactly what anybody with the curse should have done to make the curse go away. He was impersonating this person at their school. He, was in dis- he disappears afterwards, and after he goes through uh, having sex with Jay and then ties her to the chair, he lays it all out, gives her the example, puts her in the space, and he dips. He's gone. And leaves her with the burden, which that fucking sucks. I mean, but if if that's the real situation, that's that's your ending. That's your ideal getaway. But Paul doesn't do that. Paul uh, apparently goes to a prostitute and has sex with them. And I'm sure doesn't pass along any of the great information about that it is going to be coming. So if it comes and kills whomever he slept with, 
then he's just got to start looking back over his shoulder again. So now are you living in fear forever? You know, uh, it seems like Jay would go back to Hugh's plan and be like, nah, Hugh dipped and, and duped us and we got to go do something like that, you know, but Paul kind of takes the easy way out and tries to lift the burden off of them. And, but now he's going to be looking over his shoulder just like she is. Kyle, for the rest that of their is life. excellent analysis. It's, it's like Paul, he doesn't, he doesn't value the life of a hooker. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, like and dump even, it on you without telling you good right. luck when some creepy it starts following you around and strangles you to death. Yeah. And, and if it, he's terrified, you know, if he doesn't know what to do, all of that plays into it. But, yeah, there's no plan there. Oh, it's it's shit. pure pure reactionary uh, action. And then another thing is this. Another thing is this. Paul, by passing it on to a prostitute who clearly has no respect, no value for their life, whatever, he never knows when they're going to get killed. Exactly. He'll find out when the, yeah. it suddenly reappears in his life. Uh-huh. When he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, believe it or not, believe it or not, maybe Paul's, maybe Paul's got some weird ultimate plan like, Ooh, the it is the ultimate excuse for me to get a free pass once every couple of months <laughs> because the it will show up and I don't want to pass it back and forth between me and Jay for the rest of our lives because mm-hmm. then we can't fucking escape it. So every so often I gotta I gotta lay it down on somebody else. Yeah. That's a good you point. I wonder if you oh, have shit. sex with the same person if it goes back to them or if if you like nah we've been there already. What? Well, the funny thing is, Kyle, you watch this movie and almost right away when you find out what the it is. You start generating questions. Like I, almost right. immediately, I wrote down notes like, "What if you die?" And then they address that. Yeah. You know. And I wrote, "What if you go overseas?" And then I realized, "Oh well, the it exists probably everywhere." And right. It, it doesn't have to be care. In the same town. Does it manifest itself? Yeah. Who knows, really? Yeah. But then I started thinking weird things to get back on the joke mm-hmm. side of things. What if you have sex with an animal? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this is a good one. Oh my! Highlight God. reel right here today. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. Wow. Oh. What happens? Yeah. Anyway. A grapefruit. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, all right. So then the movie ends. Okay, yeah, so right. what? the ending's a little bit weak to the movie. But here's uh, one of the interesting things about it is also it definitely carries the weight. We already used, uh, kind of jokingly, the STC, you know, the sexually transmitted curse. But it's clear that there's kind of an interpretation here for STDs and the the scare and trauma of sex and then potentially picking up something that could maybe kill you slowly over time that you'd always be afraid of, like HIV, something like that. Um, So there's a ton of meat to this film and a ton of interpretation, especially on a topic that so often in horror films gets chalked up to, oh, did you have sex? Oh, you're dead. Next scene, you're dead. You should just look ahead. You know, you're being written out of the script. So I loved how this fleshed out all those parts of uh, films that really don't get explored a lot. There's not a a lot of good movies that explore sexuality on this level. If they are, they're usually really heavy, inaccessible dramas to most people. Um, But I just thought this film did such a good job of of putting that conversation in, but in an entertaining and terrifying way to make some of their points. You know, Kyle, my final comment. Yes. I, I just came up with this one because of what you were saying. Interestingly enough, did the grapefruit spawn for, this idea? No, <laughs> all your actual intelligent comments. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interestingly enough, um, even though this movie introduced something quite uh, unique and it broke the mold a little bit on horror movies, interestingly enough, the classic horror movie trope of the virgin surviving everything still applies here. We don't meet a virgin in the movie, That's but if, true. but in this <laughs> in, in this world, if you don't do it, That's true. 
Ta-da! You're zombie-free, and you'll never have to worry about anything. I did not think about that. Well, well, yeah, there you go. That's great. Because if this keeps up enough, you're bound to have sex with somebody that has the it Mm -hmm. at some point, right? It'll spread like an STD. And is that how you want to live your life? You know, begs more questions. Are you going to, you know, stay free and and do that? Or, you know, experience things in life uh, that might be potentially dangerous or potentially uh, scary that you have to overcome in order to enjoy life to its fullest or in order to pass along your genetics if we're going to get all scientific here uh-huh. and continue the human race you know you have to have there's some risk involved in life you know kyle i just <laughs> thought are we sure we should do our research are we sure that this movie wasn't secretly funded by some abstinent only <laughs> fucking education abstinence I'm, only you know about oh i'm pretty God. sure <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it should we grade it yeah give it all a right. grade I'm going to give it a B minus. No, yeah. Here's why. Because it's everything that a teen horror movie has, but handled way better with way more care. It just unraveled at the end. But for like, what, 75% of the movie, mm-hmm. it's excellent, you know? Yeah. But the, the ending sucks. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. B minus. What do you got? A minus. Whoa. I honestly give it an A minus just because of all all of the great conversation that came out of this that's true yeah. truly when i was watching it um it is it is very scary at points yes um it is very scary and it shouldn't be scary it's just a bunch of suburban teens hanging out and somebody is walking towards them but it as i mentioned at the top of this it milks every bit of tension and uh and intrigue out of it that it can it's also an amazingly well-told mystery up to certain points so there's just so much going for it and i can't fault it too much for the ending because honestly i can't think of a better ending myself right now so it goes with the a minus that's where that's where i leave it um i want a bunch of people to see this and talk to us about it because i think that it is really interesting so if you haven't seen it and you made it this far I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully you'll still enjoy it. Um, but go see this. If you have seen it, please uh, send us some mail. Send us some emails. Loud on the set at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you have to uh, say about this this really, really interesting film. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Kicking off year two right. Getting some uh, some good conversations, good movies, good laughs in here. Absolutely. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes, Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. You can also check it out on the Kyle Foster Arts website and blog. Um, give us some mail. Send us some thoughts. Send us some movies. Send us some interesting things like this that we can continue to pursue. And James, thank you for taking my recommendation and watching the movie. You, got, you forget I watched The Gift. You did. And what else? <laughs> Uh, soon, oh, soon oh, to come. Wait, soon to, don't soon say to it, come. Don't say I it. won't say it. Don't say it. It's going to be exciting. All right. Soon to come. I'm out, I'm out on that one. Loud on the set at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Go check out It Follows if you haven't. And have a wonderful time. See you later. And cut.